Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. So good to see everybody in God's house. I am super pumped up today. We're starting a brand new series, and I am excited about what God has uh, given me to share with you over the next few weeks. Uh, next week, we have a really cool surprise. I can't tell you what it is, or it wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, so make plans to be here next week. Going to be a powerful series. I believe life-changing. Um, and I, I believe that if we uh, um, can apply the principles that we're about to learn, that it will impact all of our relationships um, so I'm, I'm very hesitant to say this is a marriage series, though uh, it will impact your, your marriage, but I believe that it will impact your, your relationship with coworkers, your boss, your kids. I, I think uh, every avenue of relationships are going to be stronger when this series is over. Uh, I want to call this series Treasure Hunters. Everybody say Treasure Hunters. Now, you're probably confused. Pastor, you're talking about relationships and treasure hunters. Is this Pirates of the Caribbean? No, it's not. Um, but I do believe there, there is a principle um, that I, I think we can see in a, in a story that I want to share with you real quick to kind of set it up. Um, but down in the Florida Keys, in the Florida Keys, there was a treasure hunter whose motto was, Today's the day. That was his motto. Every day for 16 years, Mel Fisher sent his divers out with the encouraging words of today is the day to find a ship that had sank in 1622. Uh, and they believed that this ship was full of jewelry and gold and uh, that it would just be an incredible treasure if they could ever uncover it. Uh, he was so um, desperate to find it. Uh, and, and sometimes he had to pay uh, his men with promises, and he had to dodge bill co collectors. And even him and his, his family had to live in a leaky houseboat. And so there were a lot of things stacked against him, but he continued to go out day after day for 16 years in spite of all the critics, all the doubters. And in 1985, Mel's divers found the mother load of treasure full of gold, silver, and jewelry from the wreckage of this Spanish ship. And 30 years later, they were still actually bringing up parts of that treasure. And I say that because Mel and his men were able to find this treasure because they were looking for treasure. That's a word right there. You're like, oh, big deal. Yeah, we get it. But the point is, we get what we're looking for. <laughs> In your relationships, you're getting out of them what you are looking for. And this is a powerful concept because I got a question for you that's a loaded question. In your relationships, what are you searching for? Are you searching for the dirt in those relationships or are you searching for the treasure in them? In your marriage, are you looking for dirt in your spouse or are you looking for the treasure God placed within them? 
We need to apply that principle to every relationship because we get what we are looking for. Um, Matthew, uh, actually Mark chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to tie these two texts together. Matthew 6 and, uh, or Mark 6, Matthew 13. Let's start in Mark 6. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's the wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him, and Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. Sometimes the hardest place, the toughest place to be honored is in your own home among those closest to you. That's what Jesus is saying. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Now look at one verse from Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went... And sold all he had, and he bought that field. I want you to look at the person sitting to your right or left and tell them, say, hey, neighbor. Tell them that. Hey, neighbor. I am a treasure hunter. Tell them. Say, say this. Say, you have to buy this field. All right. There is treasure in a field, but in order to get the treasure, Jesus taught You have to buy the field. Um, I believe that what we're going to teach over these next few weeks is going to impact every relationship you have. And I'm going to start here because I cannot speak for other nations of the world. But I can speak for this nation because I am 42 years old and I've lived here all 42 years. Um, But this nation, we in this nation, we are exposed to a steady diet of disrespect, hate, and dishonor towards authority. Um, Truth is, is that most people hate authority when they are young. They hate it. But as you get older, as you you grow a little older, you you often, you, you realize how scarred it left you when you didn't have authority. Um, I don't know how you feel. This is how I feel. The older I get, the more wise my parents seem. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're young and dumb, you think they're crazy. Truth is, you were crazy. They knew a whole lot more than you did. You just didn't know it. Even some of the parameters that they may have put on your life, the guardrails they put on your life, a lot of times we, we don't understand that being young, but they, they did that because they wanted to protect you, and they also did that because they cared deeply about you. Now, this is playing out in my life now because I have three kids, 
and I want to do everything in my power to protect them. Uh, and the truth is, I have to get on to my kids from time to time. Any parents got to get on to your kids from time to time. Now, I don't get on to my kids because I like getting on to them. I get on to them because I know what's ahead of them. I get on to them because I may be able to see danger that they cannot see. And every once in a while, dad has to come back from the future to share some wisdom to keep them from making a mistake. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I got to help them. And, and it's so important that we grab a hold of this because it's a balancing act. And what I mean by a balancing act is um, I believe in parenting, I believe in being intentional, but I also believe, and I hope you will hear, hear my heart in this, I also believe that we have to raise our kids to have their own filter. And what I mean by that is I can't be there to tell them this is right and this is wrong every time they have temptation. I can't be there every single time they are tempted to click something they shouldn't click to say, hey, don't do that. And so I want to raise them with a filter so that they can arrive at, at a healthy decision and the right conclusion, not because daddy is over top of them, but because they have learned to do the right thing based on their own filter. Can I get an amen in the house right there? We don't want to raise robots that we, you know, that are just programmed. They need to have their own filter. And it's a balancing act. And in our text, we see, I'm going somewhere. Hit your neighbor and say, he's going somewhere. In, in Mark 6 is where we started. The scripture tells us that Jesus, the son of God, was being disrespected. They had no regard for him. They categorized him and labeled him. That's just Joseph's boy. That's so-and-so's brother. That's so-and-so's sister. Why are you labeling yourself? Why, why are you allowing him to tell you how to live and what you need to be doing? They had zero respect for the Son of God. And the result was is that they, they did not receive what he had the potential to do for them. And the reason they did not receive what he had the potential to do for them is because they had no regard for him. They had no respect for him. And just in case you haven't figured this out or read this text before, the hardest place to get respect and honor is, in, is among your own. And, and the, there's a reason for that. Um, the, the more we are around someone, the more familiar we become. There are, there are really two main reasons as, as to why you don't honor people. One, you've gotten too familiar, or two, you're offended with them. And so when you're, you get familiar, you, you, they just like your buddy, and so you can't see the treasure. You can't see what God has put in them because you, you're just around them too often, or you've been offended. And so um, sometimes you can get, let's apply this to Mary, you can get so familiar with your spouse that you no longer see the treasure in them. You're so familiar with them that instead of looking for the treasure, you find yourself looking for the next thing to complain about. For another way they have failed to meet your standard. It's one thing for you guys to honor me. I'm here holding a microphone and you get to see me in my gift, but it's another thing when my family honors me because they don't just see me in my gift. They, I go home with them. 
they see the they, they see the treasure and you see the treasure, but the other side of that is is that my family has to see my field as well. We're made up of field and we're made up of treasure. We have to learn how to endure the field if we will ever extract the treasure. Many of us, though, we are so hung up on the field that we never get to see the treasure. And I can't access the treasure in you until I have honored you properly. Man, I am already preaching. The the highest compliment I can be given is for my family to honor me. Why? Because they see when I lose my mind. They see me angry. They see me sad. They they see me up. They see me down. And if they can still honor me, how many know that's a high compliment if they can continue to do that? And we see that Jesus had trouble receiving honor from those that were closest to him. Um, They were not able, the people closest to him were not able to receive what he had for them because of their dishonor. Now, I have a question for everybody here today. How many of you would say that there are some things from God that you, you need or you want? Like, you need God to do some stuff in your life. Most of us would say yes to that. There, there are some things we need God to do. Um, and, and, and the problem is, is that I believe for the most part, Christians are doing most things right. I think as followers of Christ, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to be good followers of Jesus and disciples, but you can do a million things right um, and do only one or two things wrong, but how many of you understand the one or two things you do wrong can mess up all that you do right? Example, um, the fellas will appreciate the example. If you have a brand new Lamborghini sitting in your, oh, that's mine, Lord, right? That's mine. Um, If you have a brand new Lamborghini sitting in your driveway, but it's missing a tire, you may have a half million dollars worth of handmade car, but if it doesn't have a tire, how many, you're not going anywhere. And for some of us, we're doing a lot of things right, but we're doing one or two things wrong, and it's messing up all the things that we're doing right. Anything you want to receive from God requires a key. Anything you want to receive from God, it requires a key. Um, Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. There's a reason, because anything you need from God requires a key. Uh, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, and I think one of the keys that's missing in the body of Christ is the key called honor. And I'm not just talking about honoring authority. I'm not preaching a self-serving message. I am talking about the way we honor spiritual leaders, but I'm also talking about the way we honor our spouse, our coworkers, our boss, our government officials. Do I need to go down that road today? Oh, my, I'm going to get in trouble. Half y'all won't be here next week. I'm not talking about honor just like self-serving. I'm not. Honest to God, God knows my heart. But if I could get you to go home and honor your spouse enough to start pulling out the treasure in her or in him instead of calling out their dirt all the time, then I've done my job. We could fix some marriages right now if you just went home and honored your spouse. Honored them until the treasure came to the top. See, whatever 
you honor moves towards you. But whatever you dishonor moves away from you. We wonder why some things never come in our direction, but we never want to deal with the dishonor in our own hearts, the dishonor in our own words. If you don't believe me about that principle that what you honor moves towards you and what you dishonor moves away from you, then um, why don't you go home and start dishonoring your spouse and see what happens? I promise you, they're not going to get closer to you. You will create distance in that relationship through your dishonor. See, whatever you honor not only moves towards you, but, but any person I honor, the treasure in them, I now have access to. That's a key. And we walk around complaining about people, talking about their dirt, and we wonder why we never get their treasure. My goodness, I'll kick this thing right now. You don't hear a lot of preaching on this subject. And, and even preachers are guilty of dishonoring one another. I run in that circle. I run with them, and I hear some of the language that they say. And I, I'll be, I, I was going to say this later. I'm going to say it now. I am, I am just built, I am very uncomfortable when people only want to talk about someone's dirt. It makes me nervous. I hate nitpicking. I hate talking about the flaw. And the reason is because I know me. Yes, I have a treasure, but I got a whole lot of field. I got field myself that I'm working on, that I'm trying to develop. See, I, I, I am troubled in this nation by the amount of, of dishonor that we see, so much so that men do not know how to honor women. And, and women, we, we've got this whole movement, you know, it's swung the other way. Uh, we're independent as women, and we don't need a man. And it, it, it goes all the way to the point of women do not know how to honor men. We don't know how to honor our boss, our coworkers, our spiritual leaders, and yes, our government officials. Some of us, we, we even as Christians, and I'm just going to go ahead and, can I meddle? Y'all are like, what's metal? You're about to find out. We, we, we post about Jesus one day. And the next post, we criticize our government officials. Or, let's, let's just talk about this real quick. Man, I am feeling a little mean. I don't know if I'm mean or if that's the anointing. Lord, help me. Some of you are like, that's not the anointing, Pastor. That's the annoying, right? <laughs> we, we post about Jesus one day, and then we criticize our government officials the next, or we, we'll say things like, when it's the person we voted for, oh, you all should pray for our leader. But when it was the one we didn't vote for, we don't talk about praying. We just talk about everything they've done wrong. Or what we don't, listen, li listen, I can disagree with you without dishonoring you. That'll preach. I can, I can disagree with you and not take it to the level of dishonor. Yet in the church, man, we disagree and then, man, we just open up a can. And I won't say the other half of that. 
We just let it all out. We become dishonoring. And then we wonder why we don't have influence with people because they've watched us talk about everyone's dirt so long, they're afraid to get near to us to let us see the treasure on the, on the inside of them because we're hung up on the field and we're not accessing the treasure. See, the media, whether you're talking to social media, news outlets, TV, all, all these outlets, they love, they love, the, they love to watch people rise fast, but they love to watch them fall faster. We're bombarded with all these things that highlight disrespect, dishonor, and many of these things are actually celebrated. Celebrated, like it's a virtue. We get TV shows if we're, you know, mad men. I don't know any women that want to be married to a madman. Come on, y'all, help me. These, I don't even know the names of it, but it's the brides that are like crazy. There you go, Bridezilla. That's it. Like, the first time you threw that tantrum, I would have been in North Dakota, baby. You wouldn't have had a chance. Like, no. Why? 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 Are we celebrating such dysfunction and dishonor? Jesus comes along and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. But when the man found it, he hid it and in his joy went, sold all that he had, and he bought the field. See, when you, what you're going to get from God, and this is going to rub the religious crowd the wrong way. What God has for you and what he wants to bring into your life, he's going to bring it into your life through somebody. Now, this is the part we don't like. You're going to get it because God tucked it away in somebody. He's put it in somebody else. That's why we all have gifts and talents. Our gifts and talents is for the edification of the body. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is for others. We, we, Jesus' message was all about serving, like using your gifts and talents to serve other people. In other words, there are, there are some things you have that I need. There are some things, believe it or not, I have you need. And, and, and the only way to have access to that is to honor one another. Honor is the key that unlocks the treasure. Touch your neighbor and tell them, you have a treasure. Now that same neighbor, I need you to tell them, you also have a field. <laughs> oh, y'all got to tell that to somebody else. Come on, tell them. Say, you got a treasure, but you got a field. Every person here has a treasure. They have a field. Married people, your spouse has a treasure. I am here to remind you <laughs> that they have a treasure, but they also have a field. The problem is that to get the treasure, you got to buy the whole stinking field. I need a witness in this church. Some of the ladies like, yeah, that's it. That's my word. You got to put up with the good the bad, and the ugly if you want the treasure. And I can preach this because I know my field. 
I know where I struggle. I know where I miss the mark. But this beautiful woman on the front row, she don't just get the treasure. She gets the whole field. And the whole field's not glamorous. See, you, you married, men, you, you married her, but you got to put up with mood swings. Come on. You got to put up. Some of y'all are scared to say amen because you're too close. There's proximity. I, I know, don't say amen. Just sit there. Just sit there. We're, we're counseling. I do my counseling on Sunday mornings every Sunday, 9 and 11. This is it. Ladies, you married him. He has a treasure, but you bought the whole field. So when he picks his toenails and snores, come on, you got to endure the field if you're going to access the treasure. Some of y'all are struggling, I know. Let's take it to your friendships. Every friend you have has a treasure and they have a field. There's things about every friend you have that you love, things about every friend you have that you don't like. There are sometimes you're hanging out with them and you wish they would stay longer, but let's be honest, there are sometimes you hang out with them and you wish they had gone home early. Can I get a witness? That's the treasure and field concept. It works in all relationships. I'm not suggesting that we run around and, and we're just in the clouds and floating and everybody's wonderful. No, everybody's got a field. But you got to learn how to honor that person to get the treasure in spite of their field. So God always shows up in somebody. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. Your life is not going to be made up of daily visitations from angels. It's just not. You know, you meet some people and they're like, they saw physically Jesus every day for the last 30 days. Pastor, I've saw the Lord every day this week. He walked right into my house. And I'm like, well, that's great. That's awesome. I'm glad that he comes to your house so often. But I, I, I see Jesus every day too. I saw Jesus today in my wife. I saw Jesus today in my two sons. I saw Jesus today in my daughter. I saw Jesus today when you walked in. I saw Jesus today when the dream team was here at 6.30 and 7 a.m. setting up while you were still sleeping. I've seen Jesus all day today. God always shows up in somebody. We, we want this one-on-one -on -one thing like where God just directly, God will directly deal with you and, and speak to you, but he does it a lot of times. Let's just call it what it, most of the time, not because you got a daily visitation with Jesus, but God will deal with you directly through somebody. This is why honor is important. Because the moment I dishonor you, I can no longer see God in you or hear God in you. And this is happening to our marriages, happening to our relationships, our friendships. The test of honor, before I, I say that, God always operates through representation. Okay, that's important to understand. He operates through representation. And the test of honor is when the field shows up. 
Because it's easy for me to honor you when you do everything like I, the way I like it. Like, that's not honor. Honor takes place when you're really getting on my nerves. And I operate in self-control and still love you. And still have kindness towards you. See, that, that, that's when honor comes into play. Uh, it, it's easy for you all, as I said earlier, to honor me while I'm holding a microphone full of the Word of God, been in His presence all day today. I'm not distracted. People don't bother me on Sundays. They just leave me alone. Like, I'm able to pray, get the Word. I mean, seek God. It's easy to honor me when, when I'm doing this. But, but at, the, at the end of this service, it'll be about eight hours of intense focus. And at the end of the eight hours of this intensity, I go home, and I'm going to be real honest. I'm irritable. My body's tired. My mind is tired. My kids, my wife may not get my full attention because I feel like I'm out of words because I've been speaking all day. Um, and, and so here, here's what I'm trying to show you. You're getting the treasure, but it's hard to be my wife and kids on a Sunday because you get the treasure and they get the field. Does that make sense? We have to endure the field to get the treasure. God operates through representation. Um, if, if you're struggling with the concept, the book of Romans tells us that um, all... Everybody say all. All have sinned. Well, how, how? Adam represented us. Scripture says that we're saved now. Well, how? Jesus represented us. The Old Testament, God sees the affliction and the cry of his people as they're in bondage in Egypt. And he hears this cry and he's watching the affliction. And, and he's, he, he says this. In, in the book of uh, Exodus, he says, I, God, this is so powerful, I, God, come down, I'm coming down, and I'm going to deliver you. I, God, I'm coming down to deliver you. Come here, Moses. Y'all missed it. God did not physically come down, even though when Moses showed up, watch this, when Moses showed up, that was God showing up. He said, I'm coming down to deliver. Come here, Moses. And the people knew God wanted to deliver them, to set them free. They knew that God wanted to deal with Pharaoh. They didn't struggle with God wanting to do that. They struggled with the fact that the man God said he's going to do it through is a fugitive that has been running for 40 years, and he has a stuttering problem. God, we thought you were coming down to deliver us. He's like, I am. Right there's your man. That's me. He represents me. He has my authority. He's going to be your deliverer, and that is me delivering you. God always shows up through somebody. Um, if you want the treasure, you've got to buy the field. Um, Aaron in the Old Testament. And this is, this is a great example. Aaron... Uh, when Moses was on the mountain getting the actual law of God, Aaron was at the bottom of the mountain, and he decides, well, Moses, our leader's been gone too long. And since he's been gone so long, we need to do something. So he told the people, he said, I want you 
to bring all the gold, all your earrings, and they built this cow out of gold and worshipped it. But God said to Aaron, Aaron, I want you to go out after this whole ordeal. He said, Aaron, I want you to go out and I want you to stamp my name on the people. Now, I know us, church people, guys like, he just led idol worship a week ago, Lord. And you want him to come stamp your name on us. We struggle with this concept, and the reason is because we get hung up on the dirt and the field, and we fail to see the treasure. See, I, I, can, I can relate to Aaron because I know me. And there are Sundays that I stand back and say, God, how in the world are you using me to do any of this because I know my field? At the end of the day, you need to know you got a lot of field. So before you start taking aim at other people's dirt, why don't you work on your dirt until all your dirt has become treasure? But until then, why don't you have a seat and work on you? Aaron, go out and stamp my name on the people. The first absence of leadership, he led him in, into idol worship, yet God still gave him the authority to stamp his name on the people. So there's not only the representation thing, there's the power of recognition. I have to be able to look at the field and recognize the treasure in it. And then I have to properly honor you if I'm going to pull that treasure out. What you honor moves towards you. What you dishonor moves away from you. So let, let's say it in some way, ways we can understand. You cannot consistently disrespect others and complain about their field and then expect to get their treasure. Absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. This is why marriages don't last. We are hung up on the field and we're no longer seeing the treasure. Men, what if you started honoring your wife the way you did when you dated her? You know, like you actually opened the door for her and took her somewhere better than Hardy's. Oh, we, we, we struggling. Some of you, it'd be good if you just got them to Hardy's, I guess. Get that low-carb breakfast bowl. Let's roll. <laughs> Hope you feel honored. That's why relationships don't last. The reason some people are always talking negative about everyone else and their spouse included is because it's a whole lot easier to deal with the negative behavior in someone else than it is to deal with your own. I hope people come back next week. Praise God. Tell them, say, you don't get my treasure, your neighbor, tell them, you don't get my treasure without buying my field. So when I'm connected to you, I'm connected not just to the good parts. I'm connected to the parts you're struggling 
I wonder how many people would be restored and could find their way back to God if we approached every relationship with the type of honor that says, I'm not just going to honor you when you operate in your treasure, but I'm going to honor you even when you're crazy. Because I know there's a treasure in there. I know there's something in there. I I, I know, and, and here's the cool thing. People are filled with treasure. I'll never be able to extract all the treasure that exists in my life. There will all, the more I honor, the more treasure that will come for, forward continuously. But the moment we step into any kind of dishonor and we only talk about the negatives in their life, then we now, listen, it's a principle, you now have zero access to the treasure. Zero. So we come into, people come into my office and, well, pastor, she said that. Talk about the treasure in one another. The thing that they see in one another. I want to encourage you this week to really think and pray through the treasure that exists in your spouse. The things that, that God put in them that he didn't put in anyone else in the world. He only put it in them. And he actually gave you proximity as their spouse to be able to pull that out. He gave you proximity. He allowed you to marry them so that you could be close enough to them to begin extracting all that God put in them. This works in our relationships, and, I, and as I said earlier, guys, I'm highly uncomfortable when people want to talk about others' dirt. And I've been that way my whole life. Karen will tell you, I, I'm just uncomfortable. I, I want to move on. Like, they, they may have dirt, but I, I want to focus on, I, I don't know, God had to put that there, because it seems that there are a lot of people that really enjoy the dirt, that really enjoy the field. And the reason I'm not comfortable, one of the reasons I'm not comfortable with it is because I know my dirt. And I know my field. I, I know that God, even when he looks at me, he, he, he sees the dirt, but he also sees the treasure. That's why the Apostle Paul says we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Man, we house the very glory of God. And I know sometimes we make it hard for people to see it because we have attitudes and we, we didn't get enough sleep. Come on, y'all. And people can't see the treasure because we, we're, just, we're just pushing through life. And a lot of times we're, we're only showing people the dirt. But I want to teach you how in this series to start pulling out the good things in one another. You've heard this before. This, this is not relational, but I'm going to show you how this honor principle works in every area of your life. You, you cannot dishonor wealthy people and expect wealth to come your way I say that because in this culture man it people are quick it must be nice to have so much money it's like why are you hating on somebody you were not there when they went to college you weren't there when they got up early and stayed there late trying to dig a business out of nothing and yeah they're blessed and got 17 homes what's it to you if you dishonor them, see, a lot, of, a lot of us will dishonor that and then wonder why wealth eludes us. 
What you honor moves towards you. What you dishonor moves away from you. Be careful before you start complaining about people that are doing real well. If you can learn to celebrate them, then maybe God can trust you with it. See, we ain't got amens here because we, bless God, who they think they are. What we also don't understand is that when we talk about everybody's dirt in our home and we have children that are still living under our roof, we are psychologically um, telling them that it's okay to sit around and talk about everybody's dirt. And then when they show up at school and dishonor their teachers, we act confused. We've been dishonoring government officials, our pastor, our small group leader, our dream team. But what do they do? We've been dishonoring people for a year, and then we're confused when our kids show up at school and they're, they operate in dishonor. Where did they learn that? We taught them. We taught them. We put that in them. Success will not move towards you if you dishonor it in another person's life. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of treasure, Mark 6, among his own town, his own people, full of treasure. They had no regard for him. They had no honor for him. Complete disrespect. They said things like, we watched this guy grow up. He's not special. They had gotten so familiar with him that they couldn't see the treasure. And the results were, they could not access what was in him. Not because of his inability to perform, but because of their inability to receive. That works in your marriage. It does. It's not that your spouse can't be everything you've always wanted, but you have to make it a practice to consistently honor them, to pull out the good in them. If you keep dishonoring them, it's not about their inability to become what you need. It's your inability to honor what's in them. That, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's why we're calling this series Treasure Hunters. We're not looking for dirt. We're not looking for field. We're going to find what we're looking for. Man, if you could see through the eyes of the Spirit, through the eyes of God, when you looked at your friends and your, your kids and your spouse, what if you could actually begin seeing them through the eyes of Jesus? We, we talk about seeing the world like that all the time, but what if we adopted that in our home and we started seeing our spouse, our children, our husband, our wife, through the eyes of Jesus, that we could actually see, spiritually speaking. Every person here has great things in their life, and the only way for us to access those great things is to honor them. It's the only way that you can do it. Sometimes I hear, it's not often, we have a culture of honor here, but from time to time I'll hear, well, who do you think you are, Pastor? You put your pants on the same way I do. You're right. One leg at a time. And they have it, it, it's not about putting your pants on the same way. It's it's a dishonorable spirit. It 
it's like you're not special. But when they do that, they, they, they don't understand many times that now you have cut off the treasure in me to help you. See, they'll, they'll say you're not all that, Pastor, and then until they need something. Now they've been diagnosed with cancer, and guess what? They don't want me to put my pants on the same way. All of a sudden, they want me to be great. We want you to enter into the phone booth, Pastor, and in a second come out in a cape so I can get my miracle and then get their miracle, and then they go back, but he puts on his pants the same way. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today. This is a word. Not for this house only. This is a word for the world. Our world needs this. We need to learn how to honor one another. We, we have to learn how to do this. The kingdom is this. I got to be willing to buy the whole field if I want the treasure. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I believe this is going to be a great series if you can take it. <laughs> if you can take it. I do feel heaven backing me. I, I don't feel timid. I, I don't feel nervous about it. I know this is the word of God. I know it's something that I need to do better. I'm even taking it to the point, like I told, told Karen this even this week, when I do travel and preach, you know, and, and that kind of thing, churches do well for me. They take care of me. And, but I told her, I would like to start doubling what I get when I go and travel. I'd like to double it for the ones who come here. Can y'all amen that or clap for that? Like, I want to I wanna set the bar. Like, I don't want to honor you just based on your level of honor for me. I, I want to base my honor on, on the way God honors. And God tells us, guys, he tells us that we have to honor life sources. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. God is a life source. We are to honor God. How many would agree we, we're supposed to honor God? Um spiritual leaders that's a life source the scripture says they're worthy of double honor wow what's that look like I dare say we don't know because we don't want to go down that road they're worthy of double honor your father and mother life source not a suggestion it's a command to honor them I didn't say honor their parenting. That's a role they played. The Bible doesn't say honor your parents. It says honor your father and mother, the two people that came together to produce you. Without them, you wouldn't be here. I honor them as father and mother. doesn't mean they did the parenting. They may have been horrible parents, but I don't honor them based on their parenting. I honor them based on who they are. They are a life source. I would not be here without them. How many believe that we have some growing to do as it relates to honor? I got some growing to do. I got some growing to do. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around for the next couple of moments. I want to be real clear about what we're doing in this moment. In this moment, we are, we're saying, Jesus, I'm not right with you. I need you to save me. I need you to forgive me. I want a relationship with you. If that is you, and you're in this room, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, I need Jesus to save me. Thanks for this hand and that one over here. Another one here on this side. Three, 
over here. Anyone else? Was there one over here? Yes. Multiple. Awesome. I see those hands now. Ten more online. Awesome. So good. So good. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this with you. You don't have to pray alone. But I want to come alongside you. Every voice lifted. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let them know that you love them. Yeah. So good. So, so good. Listen, if you're in-house and you made that commitment, there's the connect card in the seat back in front of you. If you would take a moment to just fill that out during this last song, let us know who you are, that you made a decision for Christ. And I'm going to ask you to take one more step after you fill it out. Don't just lay it in your seat today. I want you to take it to the mid-building and find someone at guest services. There's a table right in the middle of the mid-building. And let them help you with your next step so that you can get plugged in to a small group that's launching next week, get plugged in to the Dream Team, just some ways to get connected to the house. It will help your spiritual journey. You guys believe that? I believe that. Prayer team and staff, please come forward. We're going to do one more song, one more song. And during this last song, we open up the altars for prayer. If you need prayer for any reason at all, don't hesitate to come. We would love to put our faith with yours. God bless you guys. I hope you're back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.